Attention, attention. Rain Delay Theater History Class is now in session. Hey, where did you get that magazine? Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater History Class. Uh, my name is Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. All right, students, uh, take your seats. Uh, we've got a good one uh, in store for you today. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about a pitcher from the uh, 1960s and 1970s. He's another lefty, everybody, so I'm sorry for the repeat in that. Jeremy did Bill Lee the last time we were all together. But uh, for this episode, we're going to be talking about none other than uh, Dave McNally, uh, the former uh, Baltimore Oriole. Uh, and Jeremy, he was a, he was a pretty good pitcher. Uh, pitcher he's uh probably outside of uh orioles fans i think he's kind of been lost for the ages but i wanted Mm -hmm. to talk about him a little today uh today to kind of honor him yeah for sure yeah i um you know i've no i know the name but uh i can't say that uh he's you know someone that i know too much about Sure. Uh, so, um, so I guess I guess we can uh, we can start from the beginning. Uh, he was born in Billings, Montana. I believe he won some uh, some sort of award near the end of his life, or, or near the end of the the twentieth century, where they named him uh, the the greatest athlete in Montana history. Or he's 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 frequently he's frequently thought of as being at least one of the top two or three uh, athletes ever to come out of the state of Montana. Not that that's like a, a hotbed. For uh, you know, professional sports stars, it's not California or Texas or Florida or somewhere like that. But uh, sure. but yeah, he is a very famous uh, Montanan, Montanian. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, sad, uh, sad to sad to say, I, I bet if you like polled people nowadays to who say who the best uh, athlete from Montana is, people would probably say Joe Montana. um so so dave mcnally uh outside of playing sports uh in in high school um he was also uh big uh, i i apparently on the um, uh, american legion ball circuit um Mm. jeremy do you know anything about like american legion ball not not really only that like you know when joe madden used to have like um no uh you know workouts before the games he would call it like american legion week yeah, kind of the only ref point of reference I have for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know um, uh, a lot about it uh, either. I don't, I don't really even know if they still have uh, have it. But uh, I, I guess it, when Dave McNally, uh, so he would like during summers when he was in high school, um, he would like play on an American Legion team. Uh, I guess with. Um, with guys like probably uh, a lot older than him, but you know, I imagine they were playing fast pitch um, baseball, and like they, these games were very well attended. And when you think about it, Jeremy, uh, this is out west. This is in Montana. So at that time, uh, McNally made his MLB debut in 1962 at the age of 19. So we're probably talking the late 50s, early 60s. There really wasn't any baseball out west, was there? I mean, what was the most oh, western man. team at that point? Was it Milwaukee? Was it maybe Kansas City had a team at that point? Um, yeah. But I don't think I don't think there was anybody west of the Mississippi River um, uh, at that point. Was there in the in the you know, late fifties? Yeah, Jack. You know, I, I I have to admit I have never thought about that. Uh, yeah. At all, but but yeah, it's sounding it's sounding correct. I mean, I I you know 
was it were the Dodgers the first team to move out west? Yeah, I, I want to say I, I don't know exactly the, what year what year the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers right. uh, moved out west. Yeah, I would imagine. I think the Dodgers were probably the first team to move out there, um, but they were one of maybe the very few teams, if if maybe not the only team that was actually out there at that point. So um, right. my my point being uh, that like these these games, these American Legion games, um, you know, I I, had, I read an interview with McNally saying that like you know you'd have four or five thousand people at these games they were probably pretty popular because even though like they didn't have uh teams out there major league teams people still knew what baseball was and they wanted to go see baseball uh so McNally was pitching on these teams you know when he was 17 18 years old uh they said one story I don't know if it's confirmed but they said that he struck out 27 batters uh, in a single game, which uh, means that which means that he uh, all of his outs were strikeouts, which yeah. is uh, which is crazy. Now, um, uh, one thing they say about McNally, the, the pitcher, is that he wasn't like an overpowering guy. He had a fastball, a curveball, and he later developed a slider. But he wasn't like a guy that was really going to overpower anybody. He kind of just um, you know he kind of relied on his smarts uh, to to get by. So he was um, he was signed by the Orioles. Um, in, uh, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to, uh, it looks like in 1960, 1961, he pitched in the minors for only a very short amount of time. He made his MLB debut in 1962. Uh, he pitched one game in 1962 and his MLB debut was a two hit nine inning shutout. So he got off. Yeah, yeah. So he got off. He got off to a really good start, um, and he had a great career in Baltimore. Uh, at one point in the late '60s, from 1968 to 1971, he won uh, 20 games four years in a row. Um, he was uh, after an injury plague 1967 season. In 1968, he won our favorite award lately, which is the Comeback Player of the Year award. Uh, when he finished, yeah, he finished 22 and 10 with a 1.95 ERA in 273 innings. So, uh, so yeah, he had a, he had a great year that year. Did not win the Cy Young. 1968, as you'll recall, was the uh, year of the pitcher. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was uh, he was also a two-time World Series champion, uh, Jeremy. Um, uh, nineteen sixty-six and I think nineteen seventy um, were the two years that the Orioles uh, uh, won the World Series. Well, he was on them, uh, so that's pretty cool. He was a three-time All-Star, uh, and he was part of that. I think it was in nineteen seventy-one, Jeremy. He was part of that rotation. Featured the only rotation in history where uh, they had four guys win um, twenty games. It was uh, McNally, Jim Palmer, Mike Cuellar, and uh, one other guy whose name escapes me. Um, who uh, I'm trying to... It's not Steve Stone, is it? Uh, no, no, it, it wasn't Steve Stone. I think Stone came a little later. Uh, yeah, yeah right. it was uh, uh, Pat Dobson. So he was okay. kind of like the uh, uh, like the uh, Pete Best of that uh, of that, <laughs> that of that rotation for all you Beatles right. fans out there. Um, yeah, Jack, I was going to say real quick. Um, the uh that game in 1962 that he pitched in that yeah. was um in late September and it was mm-hmm. a, it was it looks like it was game one of a doubleheader too. So, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. That's so kind maybe, of a cool maybe, way for him to make us you know dip his toe in the water. I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he had a, looks like he had four strikeouts uh, against three walks for that game too. Um, so yeah, well, yeah. What a way to debut at age 19, you know. And then the season ends, and you know you go into the off season with uh, you know with so much confidence. So, uh, uh, so that's, so that's pretty cool. Um, he was also, he spent one last year of his career, um, in 1975 with the, uh, Montreal Expos. Uh, so, so again, here we're getting another player who finished his career with the Expos. Um, but, 
but yeah, he was um, he was uh, uh, important, Jeremy, uh, in baseball history because he was uh, one of the two players, uh, along with Andy Messersmith, who filed a grievance against uh, Major League Baseball uh, in in terms of the uh, the reserve the reserve clause, as they called it. Um, I would have to do a little bit more uh, research on this, but uh, I, I ba- basically I think the reserve clause was like a team just just like own the rights to you so they could just keep re-signing you um okay. and so guys like basically couldn't be free agents so uh so it was because of uh because of the grievance that him and andy messersmith uh filed that they were uh they were granted free agency and they could sign with whoever they wanted to um interesting uh so this was after the 1975 uh uh season um uh so mcnally uh uh, he he had no intention of playing after that, but he uh, he he wanted his name attached to it. Um, just I guess to uh, you know because it would it would lend uh, lend credibility. It was sort of it was sort of insurance um, on the part of the guy filing the grievance. Me- Andy Messersmith was the guy who who actually intended uh, uh, on going um, uh, to play longer. But uh, uh, so anyway, um, so McNally was uh, he was important um, uh, in that respect uh, because it ushered in a he he helped usher in uh, a new era of free agency, which I think the owners had been vehemently against um, uh, before that. Um, they also said McNally was like he was a re- he was a real stand up guy. Um, uh, when he retired with the Expos in 1975, uh, he he basically retired because he said. Um, I'm, uh, he was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm stealing money from this team. I suck, basically, is what he said. So he, he went and retired. He was, he was very, uh, he was heavily, he was highly, um, highly thought of by all of his teammates. In the off seasons in Baltimore, he would work, um, at, uh, at the brewery of the, uh, the owner of the Baltimore Orioles. I've, I've always kind of wondered about that, Jeremy. Like, you know, guys like working jobs in the off season, like in the 50s and 60s. Uh, yeah. like, were they just given like cushy jobs or was he actually like on the line? You know, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, what do you say? A brewery? You said? Yeah, he said he worked at a brewery. So like, that's crazy, right? Like in like the '60s and stuff. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, Dave McNally, you won like 24 games this, this past season. Like, what are you? What are you doing working here? Uh, <laughs> or it's the, like, you know, it's like, hey, McNally, this ain't, you know, this ain't the the ballpark. <laughs> Get your ass, you know, on the line or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's. um uh, so yeah, so he he did that, and it's it's kind of crazy to think that even into the 1960s, guys were uh, you know having to work jobs in the off season to you know help help supplement their income. Um, uh, yeah, after the uh, after his career, Jeremy, he moved back to uh, Billings, Montana, where uh, you know he he sort of preceded C.J. Wilson in uh, getting into the car business. I guess he owned uh, he owned many uh, several car dealerships in the Montana area. He said uh, he, he was quoted as saying, "I'm a casual." baseball fan but i follow the automobile industry much more closely so uh so yeah he was a he was a a business man um sort of uh, uh after his uh, after his baseball career was finished uh he passed away in um uh, uh 2002 uh but i do believe that he is in the orioles hall of fame um and uh yeah jeremy he had a he had a he had a great career uh all told um he won 184 games his career era was 3.24 if i had to come up with an uh with a comp with a modern day mm-hmm. comp for him i would say uh I, I would pick hall of fame lester to be honest with you i would pick uh, i would pick john lester for that one um interesting yeah yeah uh uh that the hall of fame lester thing i was a, that was a dig that was a dig jeremy you don't have to respond to that but uh <laughs> 
But uh, but yeah, uh, so I, I would actually compare him to Lester. I think that Lester probably is a little bit more of a strikeout pitcher than McNally. McNally doesn't look like he ever really came close to averaging okay. a strikeout per inning, which which kind of seems like what uh, what Lester averages when he's or averaged when he was when he was uh, good. So like Lester seems like he was more of a strikeout pitcher. Lester probably had a better fastball. Um, but yeah. I would say that if you look at their career numbers, like just at, at least as far as like wins and uh, ERA. Uh, and just just kind of the like the peaks of their careers, I would say that they're uh, those two guys are very similar. So uh, so yeah, Dave McNally seems like he was kind of like the uh, John Lester of his day. Yeah, very interesting, Jack. Um, I yeah, they got Dave McNally at five foot eleven. Yeah, um, yeah. So not, Lester's like six four, right? Uh, I don't I don't know. Is he that tall? I, I feel think like it, Lester. I say he's that tall. Yeah, I think he's a he's a tall guy. But um, okay. but yeah, they they list McNally at at five foot eleven. So it, that is actually that's I feel like that's pretty short for a left handed starting pitcher. I feel like those guys are usually like tall and lanky. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Well, Jack, I will say you know not to um, uh, discredit our free thinking, but you know, uh, Baseball Reference does have some sim- like similarity scores on their website. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I will you'll be happy to know that John Lester is number 10 on that list. Oh, was he number 10? Yeah, you know, I I uh, I I looked at that for one of the other guys I was looking at and I was like okay. uh, uh, uh it, th- that the guy didn't appear on there, but I didn't I didn't I didn't see Lester on there. Um yeah. but I'm glad who who do they have as the number 1 comp? Uh, Mike Cuellar actually. Oh, do they have, like, do they have Mike Cuellar? So yeah, they got yeah. they had two guys from that same uh, from that same rotation. Yeah, and then yeah, talk about a good rotation, Jeremy. For a couple of years there in Baltimore, you had Dave McNally, Mike Cuellar, and Jim Palmer. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was a he was he was kind of the uh, he was pitching for Baltimore right around when they were the class of the uh, of the major leagues. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I wonder if like. You know, I, and again, this is hard for us to speculate on just because it's it's just way out of our purview. But like, um, I wonder if like being a pitcher in a rotation, in like a really solid rotation, maybe hurts your individual notoriety a little bit. Um, you know? No, yeah, that uh, that that's a that's a really that's a really good point. Um, and certainly, um, he would have been overshadowed by uh, Jim Palmer. Who was like sure. the who was kind of the stud of uh, of of that like uh, of that rotation? Um, yeah, so that's a great point, Jeremy. Um, uh, just one more thing uh, before we before we go here, I do want to clarify. So the reserve clause um, in North American professional sports, I'm just reading from Wikipedia here, was part yeah. of a player contract which stated the rights to players were retained by the team upon the contract's expiration. Players under these contracts were not free to enter into another contract with another team. Uh, which is which is pretty pretty crappy. So it basically seems like it was just like a rolling contract, and the team yeah. would just kind of decide uh, how much they were going to pay a guy, um, you know, before the season began. I remember reading in Joe Posnanski's book about the 1975 Reds that like they they actually uh, were going to give Pete Rose a pay cut before the 1975 season, um, and he had a big argument about it. And actually, uh, I also read that Dave McNally. Um, was kind of a, a harsh negotiator himself, so he he had he had a lot of like arguments with the uh, the owner of the Orioles over how much he should be paid. So uh, so yeah, it's uh, uh, you know good good on him uh, that uh, that he helped usher in this era of free agency. Um, obviously, Jeremy, with baseball trying to decide if they're going to come back during this pandemic, we're hearing a lot more about uh, labor disputes than we are about the actual the actual game. So it's uh, it's interesting to. Uh, uh, see one of the uh, bellwethers of that uh, that cause here in Dave McNally. 
Yeah, very interesting. Um, that's cool, Jack. Uh, thank you for for sharing that. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll hit up we'll hit up some of the other guys, and I'd like to know more about Mike Quayar as well because yeah, a, I would put them in the same category. I know I know the name, but I haven't uh, you know yeah is, too is, much about that. Is, yeah, I think is he also a lefty, Jeremy? Mike Quayar? Uh, I I I'm not sure. I, I <laughs> no, I'm look, I'm looking at it right now before we, before we uh, before we get out here. Uh, Mike Quayar was. Yep. Yeah, he was he was a lefty. Oh yeah, so we'll definitely be hearing about him from Jeremy. Okay, all right, all right, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us for this history class uh, and class dismissed. <laughs>